Good morning. <clears throat> you know, we all have those moments in life, just like movie clip where uh, life gets us broken, and we ask those questions and say, this shouldn't be happening to me. Here's the most important thing I want to tell you today. Life will leave us broken, but through the cross we are restored. And we're going to go through this journey of talking about this today through the Israelites. Before we get started, um, for those who don't know, I have a 15-month-old at home by the name of Liam. Now, Liam is at that age where he's running and jumping and causing all kinds of mayhem. Um, one Tuesday, I am getting ready to leave for the day, and I hear a crash, followed by, you know, some mad scientist laughter. And I go to the bathroom, and he has somehow pulled our towel bar off the wall and is laughing at it, which I'm like, great, uh, we have to go. Uh, he is you know, climbing on everything, because that's what a 15-month-old do does, and, and he's very imaginative. Um, the other day, he took his rocking horse, he's got a blue rocking horse, pushed it over to the kitchen table, climbed the rocking horse to climb the kitchen chair to try to jump onto the kitchen table. Now, I said try because I didn't let him go to the next level. Um, but he's adventure. He, he keeps you going. Um, he also brings something other, uh, something else that's more special, that's baby germs. Uh, kid germs are 100 times potent than adult germs. I'm, I'm pretty strongly you know, feeling that because since March, I had strep throat twice. Um, I, had, I was in the ER with uh, severe tonsillitis, which was great. Uh, and then he got an ear infection last week, and I got one on Tuesday. So in general, uh, it's been an interesting couple months at the Ivy House. Um, but I've learned through life that when you're not feeling well, and, or when life just kind of weighs on you and gets you down, uh, the things that are in here, the things that, that leave us broken, try to kind of push themselves to the surface. And, and what happens a lot of times in life is we, we try to hide those things or press them down or try to pretend they're not there, but that brokenness is always underneath the surface. It's something we always have to deal with. And today as we talk about the Israelites, because see, the Israelites, you know, the definition of broken there's probably them as they go through the wilderness. But there was always a plan to restore that. So the past couple you know, weeks, Alex has been talking about the book of Exodus and about how the Israelites are going through the wilderness and are trying to, to deal with their circumstances and they're not happy about their travel, they're not happy about their food and water, and there's a lot of complaining going on. Uh, and, and we're going to leave the book of Exodus today and we're going to jump to the book of Numbers where we still find the Israelites in the wilderness, and we still find them battling those things. And so we begin in, in Numbers 21, uh, verse 6, 4 through 6, and it says this, as they traveled through a mountain on a route to the Red Sea, the people grew impatient on the way. And they spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us out of Egypt just to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water we detest this miserable food. So the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they were bitten, and many Israelites died. 
this life will leave us broken. The Israelites understood that. They spent many years in slavery. And even after God restored their freedom, they were still broken inside. And they took that with them on this journey through the wilderness. And, and like the Israelites, we ourselves today have brokenness in us. And maybe you've said the words of Lieutenant Dan. Maybe you've said, you know, this shouldn't be happening to me, or why is this happening to me, or, um, you know, life is just getting you down. And a lot, ha- a lot of times what happens when life really presses you and gets you, gets you down, you're more acceptable um, to temptation. And when you're more acceptable to temptation, a lot of times it's sin will hit you. See, sin will break you. Sin will, will make you feel horrible. But more importantly, the consequences of sin breaks you even more. So the consequence of sin for the Israelites was easy. Um, God sent snakes. Now, most likely, we're, we're not going to go home and find poisonous snakes waiting for us when we get there. Now, if you do, I apologize in advance. Um, but for a lot of us, that sin and that consequence of sin will always be around. And maybe for you, it's, it's the mountain of debt that your bad, your bad choices gave you. And now you're figuring out how to live with that. For maybe, maybe some of us, your marriage is destroyed because of some bad choices you've made. Maybe your heart is broken as you see your children slip away from you because of some things you've done. But regardless of the circumstance, the consequences of sin will break you even more. And when we press down and we're broken more, we really start to hate life, and life really becomes miserable. And so we detest our jobs, our social standing. We can't stand maybe even the family, and quite frankly, we hate life. And we look for anything that can bring just a little bit of relief. Because you just want the pain to go away. And we start searching for those things. And and sometimes when we're not searching for the right things, it leads us to more pain and more heartache. But here's the great thing. See, See, God had a plan to restore us. See, see, we're going to talk about the Israelites and how they were restored. Back in Numbers 21, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned against you and against God. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away. So Moses prayed, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. And anyone who's bitten can look upon it and live. So Mo- Moses made a snake of bronze and put it up on a pole, and anyone who was bitten by a snake looked at the bronze snake, and they lived. See, life leaves us broken, but God has an awesome plan to find restoration. And for the Israelites, they brought, it brought physical healing. People did not die. But they had to do something. They had to call out to Moses. They had to ask for help. And for us as adults, and, and, and it's hard to ask for help. Because life just wears us out. And we don't want to feel that we're vulnerable. We don't want people to know they're having a hard time. And especially if it's something to do with, you know, a God thing. We don't want people knowing that we're spiritually broken. 
Because what if they reject us? What if they, we've done so much that they would kick us out of the church? And what happens is we feel this way. We feel that we have done so much that there's no turning back. Quite frankly, we believe that to be fact. See, being in student ministry, um, I see it all the time. It, it, you know, teenagers uh, come into my office and they say, if, if people only knew the things I've done, if people only knew what I am when I'm not here, they would completely kick me out of church. And, and they believe that you know, wholeheartedly and the guilt of the things they have done weigh on them. But it's not just teenagers. It's us as adults. The guilt of the things we've done, whether it be something new or something that's been pressing you for years, will weigh you down. And you'll start to feel that you're, there's no way you could ever turn back. That if people knew the things that you're still doing, if people knew the things that you do in private, that God will reject you. See, this life leaves us broken. But God has a path to restore us. He has a plan. See, see, God could have easily said to the Israelites, no more snakes. Gone. But instead, they had Moses build this bronze snake, and there's a reason why. See, he was preparing us for the day. He was preparing us for the cross. Because they had to look up. So he was preparing the world for Jesus. Because 1,400 years after the bronze snake, we find a man named Jesus. And he's hanging out with a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was one of the Jewish law leaders. Um, and the Pharisees and Jesus didn't see eye to eye. Um, in fact, there's a lot of arguing going around with the Pharisees about Jesus. And for Nicodemus to find Jesus, it was kind of taboo but he, was, he wanted some answers, and they started talking about this idea of being restored, this idea of, of finding healing. And, and Nicodemus wasn't getting Je what Jesus was trying to say, so Jesus put it more simple for him. It comes to John 3, 14 through 17, and Jesus says this to Nicodemus. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that everyone who believes in him will have an eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn it, but to be saved through him. This life will leave us broken, but the cross is our path to restoration. As the snake was the physical healing for the Israelites, Jesus and the cross is our spiritual healing. See, it's a, it's a simple act that, that, that happens when we look on the cross. We ask God into our lives. But a lot of times it's hard because there's so much in here that's been broken that we have a difficult time and we wrestle with it. And then we live in a world that has convinced us that this thing called God, 
This thing called Christianity is a passive experience that you just kind of go through life. And you show up, you put your time in, and, and that's all you need. And we've been convinced that we show up on a Sunday morning and we listen to music and we listen to a speaker and we go home and we got our, we got our time clock punched. Uh, we go to a small group or we go to a Bible study during the week and we put our time in and, and everything's good. We go to a conference or a retreat and, and you know, we got your time in so you're fine for this week. And those things are great. But, but God wants more. You know, he wants the fulfilling relationship with you. And a lot of times when we live in this passive relationship with him, we, just, we, we end up thinking, why isn't our relationship with God more fulfilling? And then the brokenness comes in. So we think that Jesus is this judge and jury and this executioner, that he's waiting for, at the hangman's noose for us, that when life is over, the, all of this suffering we deserve is coming our way. But that's not what Jesus is about. He's not an executioner. He's not a condemner. He's here to save us. He paid our debt in full. He's our Savior. And what's great is that when we go to the cross and we look up, it's there for us. In student ministry, I talk to kids all the time, and they don't want just a passive relationship with Jesus. That's boring. They want something desirable. They want something that's going to make an impact. They want to make an impact in this world. They don't want to punch a clock and just sit there. They want to do something about it, and that's awesome. I want you to meet Jordan. Jordan's the big one. Billy is not, but he's, Billy's big, though, in a way. But Jordan's the bigger one. He, uh, um, he's six, like seven, so it makes me feel normal size, which is excellent. I love that. Him and Ty are laughing both graduate this year, and they're like the kids that make me feel like I'm, you know, okay to be this big, and, and now they're going to leave for college. I'll be very sad. Um, Jordan's graduating today. He can't be here. He's actually in, in Akron, uh, ready to get his diploma. But Jordan and his family came to Polaris about three years ago, um, and they got active quick. Uh, Jordan became one of our student leaders, uh, and really, when he was when he's around, you know, people just like Jordan. He's a fun guy. I remember time and time, guys hanging out with him and just having a good time with him. Um, and for a year, he, I mean, he was at everything. If there was, you know, a retreat, he was there. If there was an event, he was there. If there was a Sunday or a Wednesday, he was there. Uh, and then about a year ago, I started noticing that was happening less and less. And I had my assumptions about what was going on, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And, and so I was like, well, something's not right. And when he was here, you know, something was missing. It wasn't the same Jordan that, you know, I knew. So at the end of June, it was a weekday, I, I believe it was a Wednesday evening and, or afternoon, I was hanging out in my office, and he said, Dave, can I come and visit you? I go, sure. And he comes to my office, sits down, and he goes, hey, Dave, uh, I've been arrested on a drug charge. And my heart broke for Jordan. Because he, he's telling me, this story and, and, and how he's been battling this for months and, and how, you know, every time he'd walk through the doors of church, he, you know, the guilt would just lay on him. And, and that's why he didn't come sometimes because he just didn't want to face that. 
And I could tell in his eyes and in his, his body language that he expected me to, like, rain down fire and, and be so angry with him. And, and that's where I'm sitting there going, man, you know, hey, well, let's get through this together. Let, let's do this together. You know, that your path isn't over. There, there's, there's, there's things we can do. We get things we can, we can help you with, bud. And one of the things I asked him to do is because, you know, we were like four days away from church camp. And it, to me, you know, being that close to church camp, sometimes, especially if you're a high school, you know, junior, senior, uh, hard to move your schedule around in the summertime. And I said, now I really want to, I really like to see you there. I think you would just benefit from this uh, in a big way. <clears throat> so that Saturday, he calls me up and goes, hey, Dave, weird thing happened. I was scheduled like Wednesday and Thursday of next week, and all of a sudden I'm not. So I'm coming to camp. I go, cool, awesome. So he gets there, we have a blast, and it's Wednesday night. And on Wednesday night, that, that, uh, that year, they had all the youth pastors go down to this gym and, and hang out while all the students was t- were with the speaker. As the speaker was just kind of talking to them, he says, listen, your youth pastors are waiting for you downstairs. And, and if you need to tell them something, you need to talk to them, they're there for you. That's why they are here. They're there to serve you. And he's, you know, they're waiting for you. So I'm sitting there by myself in the corner, and, and all these kids are coming out to see their youth pastors. I'm like, well, maybe all my kids are okay. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. And, you know, you kind of feel lonely sitting there in the dark, but hey, it is. And all of a sudden, this, this big shadow comes my way, and I go, I think that's Jordan. And Jordan sits down, and he is bawling. Now, big guys, like when we cry, it affects other big guys because we don't do that. It's just kind of like, hey, and he's bawling his eyes out, and I am just, I start to cry, which makes him cry more. It's a mess. And, and so he's like, Dave, I'm done. I'm done with this life of just being, just feeling so destroyed. I'm done. I'm ready. I want, I, I want something more than just this average Christian life. I want something more, something deeper. He asked me to baptize him. And I'm like, that was, a, that, was, that was one of the things that got me all excited. And of course, then I start crying more. And there's no tissues in the, in the things. So we're blubbering. And, um, but he wanted to do it special. He's like, Dave, I, I want a special day. And I said, okay. So he wanted to be baptized um, the Sunday before his senior year started. So on August 18th, this happened. Son of living God. Son of living God. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the forgiveness of sins, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Two fluffy guys hugging. Mark Simonitis was like standing on here, and he's like, dude, you got me wet. Uh, uh, but on that day, I mean, Jordan, Jordan's like, I'm ready, bring it. I'm ready to do something. I'm, I'm done having this passive you know, relationship with God. So we had a retreat on November 2nd of that year, and he talked that night in front of 40 of his peers from this church and told, him, told them the story he went through. And I remember standing in the back and listening to Jordan and, and, and being amazed. You know, the cool thing about what we do at, at, on our fall retreat is we have our students teach. 
because I think that's important for the other kids to hear what their peers have to say. And I remember him saying, he's like, when I went to David's office, I thought that I was going to be just reamed and all I was going to do is, is, is feel hate. But there's nothing like that coming from Dave. There's nothing like that coming from God. God is not a God of hate. Jordan has been drug free for over a year. And to me, that's a victory. He graduates from high school today. Yes, absolutely. He graduates from high school today. It's a big deal. He's going to BGSU. Wish we have some alum there now. And he told me, see, he's part of our team leadership, and it, it, we're blessed here at Polaris that we have students who lead, and we, we put a lot on them to do so, and, I, and it's awesome. And he had his last time that he had to, you know, be a part of our group because he's, you know, graduating on, and, and he pulled me aside. He goes, Dave, I'm ready to take what I've learned here about God to BGSU. I'm, I'm ready to show that this life of being a Christian is a desirable thing, that it can change your life and make you whole. And Jordan can't be here today because he's in Akron, and, and he was telling me he was excited that, and he gave me the, the blessing to tell this story. It's awesome. See, when we live this broken life, sometimes it's hard to see the path to being restored, but it's in front of us. Takes the shape of a cross. You see, two, you know, back in Genesis three, when all this stuff went haywire, when sin entered the world, there was a plan. See, when the Israelites messed up, there was a plan, and it gave them physical healing. And then two thousand years ago, when the stone was rolled away, when the body was no longer there. When death, hell, and the grave was defeated, our path to restoration became whole. And here's, here's the, the great thing about the cross. It's there for you to look at and lift up. It's there for you, for anyone who's done anything in this world, that restoration, that, it's there for you. But we have neighbors and friends and family that are just as broken as us. And so Jesus asked us to do something. He didn't say, okay, you found the cross, it's over, you're done, you're, you're good. No, he, he wants something more from you. He wants you to lead your friends and your loved ones to that path. Because, you know, when someone was bitten by the snakes, Someone had to get them to the bronze snake so they can be healed. They, they had to find it. Sometimes they had a little help. Your friends and family and your neighbors need that help too. See, Jesus, before he went back, went back to heaven to prepare a home for us, in Matthew 28, says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the end of age. 
we have a job, we have a mission. God doesn't want a passive relationship. He wants an active relationship. He wants you to go and bring others to this cross because there are hurting people in your life that need the spiritual healing. And maybe you are one of the snake bitten today. Maybe you have just been you know, drugged through life and you're ready for this healing. And if that's you, the cross is here. And maybe your circumstances of your sin have beaten you up so bad that you don't think you can lift your head up, but I'm here to tell you the path to being restored is right here. Maybe you've lived this passive relationship with God that it's just been punching the clock and you feel that your relationship with him is is unfulfilling and you're ready to do something big. You're ready to make an impact. If that's you, the the cross is here. And we're going to have a time of prayer today. And if if you're ready just to to talk to someone, to pray with somebody, if you just need to hear a calming voice, or maybe you're ready to make that choice. Maybe this is your opportunity. We're going to be here. Remember this, this, this life leaves us broken. But through Jesus, through the cross, and through the resurrection, he restores us. Let's pray. Father, um, I've come before you today, and you know, I'm like everyone else here. I have things in my life that have broken me and, and weighed me down. Lord, I look upon your cross and I feel just that restoring power that you give us. Lord, I ask you to be with us as this time of prayer and allow us just to be here for anyone who needs it. In your son's name we pray, amen.